All right, so I've got wheelandradio.com. What else do we have? I know we got the facebook.com slash wheelandradio. Correct. We got the Patreon one. Yeah. Which I think is just, again, patreon.com slash wheelandradio. Um, what else? We'll got the Twitter. Twitter? Yep, I got that somewhere here. Yeah, and that's this wheeling radio on Twitter. Yep. Okay. And then we have Instagram. God, we got a lot of these. We do. And then it's all the same stuff for the museum. Yeah, pretty much, but they're not, they're different names, of course. It's, you know, the Museum of Offroad Adventure or the Mora or whatever. On okay, the I know we got the Mora.org. <laughs> okay. We got a lot of ways to get are, are, you, are you just realizing that we are social media addicts or that we're just trying to reach There's out? There's a lot more than I thought we had. <laughs> Did, well, didn't I talk about that on a couple episodes ago where I had to make that tree for my kid? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, I've been wanting to get a, a chart, just a page together of all our links. You're trying to figure it out for yourself, too? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to follow. I don't do the Twitter thing, and I won't do the Twitter thing. Well, you know what's... But I do the rest of it. (laughs) What's interesting about that is, you know, we've been doing these through the museum, This Day in Off-Road History Mm -hmm. posts uh, that come up 10 o'clock every day. Yeah. And they've been amazingly popular, and the the traffic to the Facebook page for the museum has just gone up. In the last three weeks, I think we've... uh, Something like 300 new likes on the page. Sweet. Um, same things happened with Instagram because we basically copy and paste the same post. Mm-hmm. And so on Instagram, we're getting a lot more traffic and we're doing the same thing on Twitter, yeah. but on Twitter for the museum, we're getting almost no traffic. Huh? But yet a lot of times when we do stuff on wheeling and we put it on, uh, you know, Facebook and then we do it on the Instagram and Twitter as well. Our Twitter on wheeling keeps building, and I don't know where are these people on Twitter even found, finding us. It's really weird. Not I don't. Me. I don't understand. Like to me, you know, why are we more successful via say YouTube and Twitter? Yeah. Uh, through wheeling, but then the museum, which we're both involved in, is more successful through Facebook and Instagram. I have no idea. I. Oh, I got one more. What's that? Are we on MySpace yet? Oh my god. <laughs> I I know. I've never been on MySpace. Have you ever been on MySpace? Yeah, my account's still there. I'll log in once every six months or so. How did you have MySpace? You're younger than me. Because I had that before Facebook. That was before Facebook. What, did you have one when you were like six? No. You're not that much older than me. Do you want to actually talk about trucks or something today? Fine. All right, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheelin' with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio, they're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up, here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. All right, John. Um... You know, you and I talked about this episode coming up to this episode. We did. Do you do you remember what the significance? There's no significance for us for the number 42. That no. I mean, we could have done something through World War II stuff or something like that. This is episode 42. Yeah, I just realized I wrote the wrong number down on all of my notes. But in history, 
Um, this year <clears throat> is the, and it's coming up. In a couple so, days. In a couple days. So it would be actually when this episode loads, which is what, February 3rd? Yep. February 3rd is 101 years since Clessy Cummins founded the Cummins Engine Company. Indeed. So, happy birthday, Cummins. It's 101 years. Yeah, there you go. I'm not singing. Uh, You're not singing to him? Nope. I don't sing birthday songs. 101 years (laughs) of Cummins. But not 101 years of Cummins engines. No. So, but since the company itself, (coughs) pardon me, was founded... And you did a bunch of uh, research and, and stuff like that. I had to cut back on a lot of the notes. Um, so I, I, I'm summarizing the biggest thing. Uh, Cummins.com, no G, for the love of God. There is no G. It's not Cummings. Cummins. Oh, come on. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like calling them Cummings engines? No. no. Cummins.com slash timeline. Okay. And I oh, was... Oh, hang on, hang on. Seriously? Yeah. They have a whole history on their website? Yep. I totally missed Starts this. Starts in 1918, goes all the way up to the 100-year anniversary note. Well, let me see your notes just real quick while we're doing this. I mean, so how did you, you <clears throat> found this through just looking? Just Googling Cummins history, Cummins wiki, see what kind of information I could come up with. And so this is a combination of like four different websites worth of information. I, I was going to copy and just make a highlights note of all the information from the timeline. But when I did that, I went from seven pages of notes to 34 pages. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I found some other areas that had, like, a condensed major history point, so I just kind of rolled with that. Yeah, I see, like, you got your major milestones yeah. and stuff like that. I'm going to hand this back to you. Yeah, that's fine. Um, listeners, I'm going to apologize right away. My... Um, I don't think it's coronavirus. <laughs> no, that's definitely not corona in that I'm, glass. I'm trying <laughs> not to cough, but uh, I have had the head cold slash throat thing. The plague. From, yeah, the plague. 2020 from, plague. Yeah, it, it started over a week ago. So last episode, you could hear me. Mm. I, I'm, I think I'm at the tail end of it, but I'm hoping John can do most of the talking on this episode. And best. I'm going to interject where I need to. I'm going to blame you next week, though, when I get the plague. Okay. So, so John, um, l- I'm, let me ask you a couple of questions. Well, and I've well, got one first for you to help you cure your coronavirus. Okay. you got to go out back in the woods and catch some Lyme disease, and you'll be fine. Put a little bit of lime in the corona. Yeah, there you go. Um, let, let me ask you this. Uh, in your research, mm-hmm. and I only actually, this is not something, I don't know a ton of Cummins history. I know mm-hmm. some, some hit points. Um, I know a lot more about Cummins engines from, say, 1989. Yeah. Now. The B-Series <laughs> engines. I got a whole stack of notes on that alone. <laughs> so let me ask you to get us started. Okay. How did... Klessy Cummins, and that's... Uh, oh, tell us a little bit about Klessy Cummins. Okay. Uh, where to start here? So he started in George William G. Irwin's garage. He set up a shop. It was a former cereal mill located on the first floor and started his machine shop company. 5,000 square feet of workspace, and this was all in 1918. He started kind of outgrowing it. Uh, the guy had a host of jobs. So he was the Irwin family chauffeur, the Marmon Motor Company pit crew member, automobile repair shop owner, and in 1919, at the age of 30, making me feel real uh, 
Not hang, up to par. Hang here. on. Um, the Ir- Irwin worked with Marmon, or Klessy Cummins worked with Marmon. Um. Uh, Didn't know. Uh, Klessy Cummins worked as a pit crew member for the co- oh. for the Marmon. Yeah. And you know that's the same company. Huh. I didn't even connect that. <laughs> that's the Marmon Car Company that yeah. eventually um, became Marmon Harrington, yeah. which is still in technically in business today. Hmm. But one of the first successful producers of four wheel drive conversions. I never even realized that. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> like I said, go, go, ahead. go get some of that lime. You'll be fine. <laughs> So at the age of 30, he was elected the president of the Cummins Engine Company. And thus, they were founded in February 13th in Columbus, Indiana. And forever changed diesel history. <laughs> You're saying third? Okay, so my, I thought my research said the third. Yeah, that was February 3rd, 1919. Oh, you just said 13th. 3rd, 1919. Oh, okay, all right. My bad. <laughs> That's all right. So, so yeah, they were inspired by Rudolph Diesel's innovation, of course. And he was financially backed by William Irwin and just started the company and exploded from there. Now, from what I had read originally was that, um, so Rudolph Diesel had created this essentially engine that was originally going to run off of, say, peanut oil Mm. or other... Yeah, compression uh, ignition oil engine. Yeah, but it was going to be like oil or byproduct oils. Mm-hmm. And um, they'd had some success there, but Clancy uh, Cummins thought that there was a lot of room for improvement on the technology. And so the company itself was founded with the idea of improving upon Rudolph Diesel's design. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't find uh, look too much up on him. I was more or less going by the, the company itself. So they started in 1919. Yes. And, but it was a few years before they had a uh, commercially successful engine. Yes. I kind of left that part out of my notes for some reason. And I feel like an idiot. Oh, no, that's all right. That's all right. Um, I think it was around, I think it was uh, around the early 30s, maybe, or 38, that the Model H engine. Uh, 1933. 33. I did have it. And that was the Model H <laughs> engine, correct? Yes. Okay, used so, in small railroad switchers. Yes, and that was their first commercially successful engine. Yep. I don't know how many cylinders that was, but uh, maybe it was a one-cylinder. It might have been a four. I don't know. That I don't have. Yeah, but uh, so that it really took off really quickly. Oh, yeah. So after that, what did the – or unless I, uh, unless I jump forward too much in your notes, what else? Uh, after that, the Cummins N-Series – so that was uh, a big industry leader in post-World War II building boom, as far as all the road manufacturing and stuff like that. And in more than half the heavy-duty truck market from 1952 to 1959. Okay. So they just absolutely dominated. And then in the 60s, and I found this interesting, I, I never looked to see how close I got to there, but in the 60s they opened an assembly plant in Schatz, Scotland. Really? Yeah. So I, I was, uh, as you know, a family trip to Scotland when I was just out of high school. Uh, the plant closed in 96, so I was unfortunately no longer there. So, yeah. And then by 2013, they had operations in 197 countries and territories. Hmm. And then their their parts are through more than 600 company-owned distributors and over 6,000 dealers. 
So parts and availability from a lot of different places. Oh to yeah, say for the sure. Least. Um, you know, back back in the uh, historical timeline up there, there's something you might be of interest, um, mm. and, and maybe it's a task that I need to send Mr. Johnny Orange himself out to do. Uh oh, homework. I don't. Like I don't homework. know that I. I don't know that I necessarily want to just give this up. Maybe I should because the reality of us or the museum ever founding this expedition is. <laughs> Maybe slim, mm-hmm. but someone needs to do it. Do you have any information? Maybe I'll maybe I'll give this to you in pieces. Do you have any information about Cummins and his um, engine development history with the Indianapolis racing? No, I do not. You, you didn't dig up anything on that. I don't recall reading across any of it. Like I said, I, I didn't read through all the information that I got. Mm-hmm. I actually had to delete most of it and go at it a different route. <laughs> okay. So that might be in that timeline link. I I didn't go through all of it. There was a lot of information. Um he had developed diesel race engines to race at Indianapolis. Nice. Back in the I want to say 20s or 30s, okay? Mm-hmm. And one of the versions of his engines, one of the very first ones he made, overheated severely during a race. Mhm. He ends up losing the race because the engine melts down. It seizes. Was that you or me? Uh, that was me. Okay. So we're just not bumped the table. <laughs> um, he was so pissed off at the engine, and this is one of the very first engines he designed for any sort of like serious application like that. Mm-hmm. On his way back from Indianapolis to his shop, he pulled over on a bridge outside of Indianapolis, hmm. and threw the Cummins engine off the bridge into the river. Interesting. I Interesting. did a bunch of research about that a number of years ago, mm-hmm. and to the best of my knowledge, that engine has never been recovered. It is one of the first really? Cummins engines of all times. It is a Cummins race engine. I think that a diving operation, maybe some hmm. somebody with some... Uh, underwater uh, magnometer or something like that needs mm-hmm. to locate this engine. Now, of course, obviously you'd have to look at where the bridges were yeah. then and if anything's changed. We don't know which bridge it was. Maybe you could figure it out, but hmm. figure out where that thing is, recover it, it'd be a neat museum piece. Yeah, we're going to talk later about that. <laughs> And it's it's a side note of history that most people don't know anything about. And I know a guy with a side scan. There you go. <laughs> well, I don't know what show up besides. I mean, you figure it's an engine. It's probably buried in river mud. So it's probably underneath a river bottom. Or yeah, if it's the been river hundred years hundred years ago is like, yeah the river bend has yeah, changed or something. Could've... But man, if that thing can ever be recovered, it, uh, it's not going to have any worth. It's oh, just no. it's going to be a cool museum if, piece. If it's though. even still there. Yeah, if it's still there. Yeah. But uh, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> so continue on. What, where did you want to go with this story after? Uh, well, I was going to tell you about some of the applications they have, and I'm going to read through this quickly because there's a lot of them. Okay. <clears throat> so they are uh, they distribute engines, filtration, and power generation products, service related equipment, including fuel systems controls, air handling, filtration, emissions controls, electrical power generation systems, and trucks. 
They have applications in agriculture, construction, defense, drilling, Euro trucks and buses, fire and emergency, fire pump drives, G-drive engines, gas compression, heavy-duty truck, light commercial vehicles, marine applications, medium-duty truck, mining, motorhome and RV, pickup truck, railroad systems, repowering, school bus, transit bus, truck equipment manufacturers and bodybuilders, and well servicing. Bodybuilders? I, I don't think they mean like the muscle man stuff. Oh, no. no I pick things <laughs> out and pick, uh, put things up and put them down. Yeah, yeah, whatever that unassociated company is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, they have an insane, as of 2018, they had a net income of $2.19 billion on sales. I think or what. No, net I, income I, of that and I, sales of $23.7 billion. I think what Johnny Orange here is saying. <laughs> Is that Cummins engines have been used in everything? everything. Yes. Oh my god. (laughs) Pretty much everything, but aviation. Or you're going to tell me somewhere? Oh my god! You're looking at your notes. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not aware. I'm not aware of Cummins engines ever being used in some sort of airplane. I'm not saying that they haven't at some point, but yeah, um, they may have tried. But pretty much, if it if it you know, goes down the road, if it goes (laughs) off-road, if it goes through the water, if it if it plows through a field, yeah, it has been powered by a Cummins engine at some point or another. Oh yeah. There's actually I I meant to highlight this note. They are the they are the oldest continuously operating diesel engine company that is still successful today. Oh, I believe it. You know, that's easily, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, Detroit Diesel's still around, but Detroit Diesel was a GM product after, you know, they were founded. Yeah. They had purchased another company. <laughs> I sound like I'm dying. Eh, it's okay. But, uh, Do a flip on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, this is bumming me out now. Is it, this What's had, that? It had a Toyota note here. A t- what? Did they use them in Toyotas at some point? Not from a factory. No, this is bothering me. I can't find this. Well, I we, you know, our buddy at Quick Draw makes adapters for him for t- yeah. Toyota. Oh, yeah. but I'll, I'll have to come across it here. Actually, that might be in this set of notes. Actually, I, you know, I want to tell you uh, a quick funny story about that, but why don't we take a quick break? Sounds good. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you about uh, something that Quick Draw is doing right now with the Cummins thing. Sounds good. I'm going to find this. You can go hack a lung up, and we'll talk to you in a few. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Puppies are cute. Spiders are not. Spiders are creepy and ugly. But what will you do? You will call ABC Home and Commercial Services. The Spider Fighters can service your home for these unwelcome guests. ABC Spider Fighters will provide the solution for your spiders, wasps, box elder bugs, Asian lady beetles, cluster flies, and all your visiting insects. Call now for a prepaid discount. ABC Home and Commercial. The Spider Fighters. 810-794-5678. All right, we're back, John. Um, I can't promise you that I'm much better. <laughs> I'm a little bit better. Um, only hacked got, up half a lung? Yeah, I got a little bit of Sudafed here. Ah. <laughs> but uh, I wondered what that smell was. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we're going to be better. Sounds um, good. I told you I was going to... Oh, you had something you want to say? No, I was going to say, I found that note, but I, it was for Land Rover, not Toyota. I was mistaken. Cummins and Land Rover have history? Well, sort of. It's become a very popular swap in the Land Rover community in the UK, and it's known as the good conversion. Uh, now, you're not talking <laughs> a B-Series, though. You're talking like the 2.8 or what? The 6BT. Oh, so it's B-Series, yeah. Yeah. 5.9, yep. okay. <clears throat> Let, let's talk about those in a minute. Yeah, I, I had a whole separate thing for that. 
I promised you that I was going to tell you about Chad here. Now, oh yeah, yeah. I know. I, I know. We. Um, <laughs> you're like story time. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. Should have had. <laughs> um. So, uh, I you know I'm doing these this day in off road history posts for the museum. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that does them. I'm sitting down the other day, and as I've I've said on the podcast before, as I've told you. Sometimes I can find something within like two seconds that's boom, this is interesting. Other yeah. times it takes me half an hour. Well, whatever. I don't remember where I stumbled across upon it, but the whole, you know, February 3rd is 101 years since Clussy Cummins founded Cummins. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, I wonder if Chad wants to do something fun for that. You know, like, because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, maybe 70% of his business is Cummins engine either engines or parts for Cummins engines, yeah. you know? So, so I text him, I'm like, Hey, I got an idea for you, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know? So he calls me right away. I happen to be on my way back. So I that's how I get a return call. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so he calls me and, uh, he's like, what are you talking about? I says, Hey, I says, do you know that it's 101 years since, uh, you know, on February 3rd, since Clessy Cummins started the Cummins company. He's like, well, he's like, I knew it was like 100-something years, but I didn't know the exact date. And I says, okay, well, this is what it is. And he goes, well, yeah, what do you think I should do? So I jokingly said to him, well, you know, why don't you sell your engine packages for $101? And he's like, yeah, of course, <laughs> I can't do that, you know. And uh, But he says, how about I give everyone off an engine package $101 off? That works. And you remember, we've already talked about how he has those R2.8 Cummins oh, four-cylinder yeah. swaps. Yep. And he's got those package deals that are like, he where he's basically selling you the engine at retail, yeah. and then he gives you the adapter. Yeah. And he, the dude's insane when it comes to his pricing on that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I know I'm selling like a salesman again here, but... I still yeah he's got to get one of those wacky inflatable arm flailing things to put out front. Someday he's going to actually have to make a profit on those things. Eventually, I, I, I know that he's just basically giving them away right now. But anyways, yeah. So he's like, "Well, yeah, I'll do uh, hundred one dollars off on them." And I'm like, "So this is even cheap?" I said, "When?" And he goes, "Well, probably at least through the week of the anniversary." And I says, "Okay, sweet." So if you're listening to this podcast and you've been really thinking about an R two point eight and you've been ready to pull that trigger, you got that big tax refund or whatever. <laughs> do it this week because yeah. you can get another hundred and one dollars off. A few more days left to take advantage of that. I yeah. did see that on his website, and it it that's what actually reminded you me. You saw to the do code my, the code word? Yeah. It oh. reminded me to do the research for this episode. <laughs> okay. That was that was part two. Yeah. We just started talking a little bit, and he's like, well, I'm going to do code word this and that. And he had a couple of funny little things. Chad always likes funny stuff. And I said to him, I said, you know, because he makes a lot of a lot of listeners don't even know, and a lot of people don't know, he makes custom valve covers for the Cummins engines. I like, did not know that. Yeah. Oh, he makes wait, ones that say Fummins yeah, for the Fords. He makes Chummins for the Chevys. Yeah, I love it. I says, <laughs> you ought to make one um, that says Cummings with a G on it. Because everybody yeah. always spells Cummings wrong. And he starts laughing. And yeah. he's like, I'll never sell one of those. I says, oh, come on, man. You should make the Fender badges and everything. And <laughs> That would be funny. Yeah, it would. That would be. I says, you know, 100 years from now, people aren't going to know which the right spelling <laughs> is, you know. 
And uh, he says, well, tell you what, how would I do code word Cummings? So I saw it and that, that, I th- saw that's that. what you do. You go to quickdrawbrand.com <laughs> and if you want to get $101 off of any of the engine packages on his website, use code word Cummings. So C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S. Come. <coughs> yeah, that's right. You I'm laughing and coughing at the same time. And you deserve it. You suggested it. You're, yeah. Your fault. I'm blaming you. Oh, it was totally my fault, but Chad thought it was hilarious. And it was works, his idea. It fits. It's funny. It's, yeah. it's okay so, in this instance. Yeah. If you spell Cummings or Cummins wrong on his site, you put Cummings, you can get $101 off I your engine it. package. But That used to be a nice trick actually using eBay or Craigslist, any of those search websites. Okay. People spell things wrong. So oh, you, yeah. you look for what you want spelled right, spell it incorrectly. You'll find all kinds of stuff that nobody bids on because it's not listed properly. It was great. Absolutely. They fixed a lot of that anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, they did, but you're right. Back in the day. um, It still happens every now and then. People get away with it. Yeah, I remember getting a, I want to say it was a Detroit locker, and somebody had it spelled wrong or something. Mm -hmm. I think it was a Detroit locker. I bought it for like 100 bucks. Nice. Yeah, because it was like, and I don't remember why I looked it up that spelling or something. Yeah, I think, <coughs> I think it was that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's. But anyways, no, I, uh, I, I digress. Used to, I used to buy. Uh, I was big into the Angel brand paintball stuff, mm-hmm. and people spell it Angle oh, all yeah. the time. So I got smoking deals on stuff. Oh, back oh in the okay. Day. All right, all right, all right, all right. John, story time, story time ooh, for our ooh, YouTubers ooh. and for John. So, our YouTubers are going to um, <laughs> tell you what, we haven't done a thing where we do a giveaway in a long time. You're right, we haven't. Boom. Oh, that's been a long time. This is going to be for our YouTube watchers only. Okay. Because there's so no way you. you're going to figure this out yep. by listening to us. I like it. I'm going to turn right now. <laughs> Actually, producer Andrew, come up behind the camera. You're not going to be on the camera. Come on. <laughs> you need to tell me that you can see this, though, because I obviously hey, it's not going to work. back down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to tell me, can you see the tattoo on my arm? I need to go this way. Okay. You can see the tattoo on my arm. There is a tattoo on my right arm. Okay. That's now, your shoulder, really. For a true... <laughs> I'm going to give you a hint. For a true motorcycle guy, you should understand what this tattoo means. Okay? If you can say where that tattoo came from, you don't count. If you can say where that tattoo came from, and which, John, it's going to be your choice. Which one of the social medias do you want them to tell us about? Mm, We haven't done anything with 4x4 talk in a while. Okay, so on 4x4 Talk, you got to go on 4x4 Talk. You can join 4x4 Talk by mm-hmm. going to Facebook. You can you know, join Three us. Three quick, it's simple questions. 4x4 nice Talk, yep. Join 4x4 Talk, and you can put in there, Keith's tattoo is from this, okay? And if you're correct, I'm going to send you, what the heck? I feel generous tonight. I'm going to send you a Thin Line Off-Road T-shirt and a wheel and sticker. So... But it's going to be the first. Or do fir- we want to do choice of fine apparel? Uh, that's the only <laughs> quick draw one I have. So it's going to be a thin line off-road shirt, 
Yeah. And a wheel and decal. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get a thin line off-road shirt and, like a wee- and a wheel and decal. I like it. So, anyways, I'm getting this tattoo. And I'm going to tell mm. you, I was getting this tattoo in Las Vegas. Nice. My parents were just there. Little uh, tattoo place um, on the Fremont Strip. Okay. Right around the corner from the Heart Attack Grill. I wish I could remember the name of the place. And <laughs> one of those nights, eh? Yeah, it was actually a morning. It was like early oh. in the morning. Started really drinking early. that early? I don't think I stopped. Oh, uh, all right. That's um, fair. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I'm getting this tattoo. And uh, the night before, um, I had been talking about where this tattoo came from mm. with a friend. And he was like, and he said to me, that would make a really cool tattoo. And I said... I actually had thought about that before, and mm-hmm. he's like, that would be really neat. And so the next morning, I stumble into a tattoo parlor on Fremont Street, and I get this tattoo. So I'm sitting there talking to the tattoo artist, and we're talking about tattoos, of course, because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me a couple of funny stories. I mentioned, hey, my cousin used to be a tattoo artist. Uh, he, was a, he was a big guy in, in the industry, blah, blah, and this and that, and um, he's since deceased. But um, anyways... We're talking about it, and uh, he says to me, you know, he, you know, he starts telling me a couple stories, mm-hmm. and the story he tells me, it's kind of a recycled story, but he, he says, you know, he had this really big girl come in who wanted a, what's normally a lower back tattoo okay. called yeah. tramp stamp a lot yeah. of times, yeah, she wanted this, and she wanted the Japanese kanji symbols. Okay. Okay. And... So he had this apprentice tattooer there who she had picked to have do this. And so she'd gone and picked out, and she wanted tattooed on her lower back the words sweet cheeks. Okay. I know you're just like, what? Never fucked your boat. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So she had taken the kanjis, tattooed on her back, lower back. Well, the that night the girl real happy with the tattoo looked turned out beautiful blah, blah blah, pays leaves. That night, he's out sweeping up the tattoo parlor, and the I don't know what you call them the papers the uh, <coughs> uh, transfer paper outline paper yeah sorry thing. okay the transfer paper <clears throat> once again sorry for my cough here today folks. Um, transfer paper, the outline papers are on the ground. Mm-hmm. He picks them up and he's looking and he goes, something in his mind, he's looking at him and he goes, this didn't look right to him. So he goes over and he looks at the big book and he starts going through the book. And this lady had left the tattoo parlor with not sweet cheeks tattooed on her, Uh-oh. but sweat cheeks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So she has sweat cheeks. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that sucks. Sweet and sweat. People interchange those a lot. A little bit different. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Anyways, like you said. So before getting a tattoo, check the spelling is the moral of that story. <laughs> fiance Stephanie, she uh she got a um Maltese tattoo on her and she oh, like no, not the cat. <laughs> uh, it was a Maltese saying, and oh. she ended up going and having a bunch of her, because she's Maltese heritage, mm-hmm. but she doesn't speak Maltese, so she had a bunch of her Maltese cousins and stuff. She's like, I need to make sure. I love sure their milk balls. What? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. 
<laughs> Don't do that to me, buddy. The show, the show will now be known as uh, Wheeling with Johnny Orange oh. due to a, an unfortunate circumstance with Keith. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Anyways. Maltese milk balls. Yes, yes, yes. So, anyways, she uh, she, she, she got a bunch of her cousins and said, hey, is this the right <clears throat> spelling? And, Uh-oh. You know. No, it is. She she oh, has okay. she has the right spelling on her arm, but yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, she good. she wanted to make sure because it was better like, than some of what happens with those prison tattoos. Yeah, yeah. I I have yeah, another you know tattoo. One I mean. maybe I could tell you in the after show. <laughs> maybe we'll see. I don't know if I want to know about that one. But uh, speaking of which, anyway, speaking of the show, real yeah, before, <laughs> the after show. There, real quick, we do a after show on Patreon. Yes, uh, John, tell our listeners a little bit about that. So Patreon is a subscription service. Uh, as little as two dollars a month, you get access to a lot of bonus content, including basically, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, another half a show essentially. So there's a lot of extra information, stuff we forget to bring up during the main show. We bring up during the Patreon episode, and then there's just it's a lot more relaxed, more free range, little more. Open in what we can say. <laughs> a little more colorful stories. Is that a, probably a good way to put it? Uh, yeah, I mean, we... <laughs> a little more know, free range. It's unfiltered. It's not as family friendly unfiltered, as this show. Unfiltered, that's yeah. a better phrase. Yeah. Unfiltered, yeah. yeah there, um, there's a few different subscription levels. $2 a month is the cheapest. That yeah. gets you access to it. And there's, what, a, a, a 5 and a 10? I, I think so. I haven't actually looked yeah. at the levels lately. And but those I will mean, get you stickers and a T-shirt. Different. It's it's all all the information's there. The benefits of getting the stickers is <clears throat> we've been saying for a couple months now, and it is coming up pretty soon, we're mm-hmm. going to do uh, some Wheeland sticker photo challenges. Oh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. If in, spe- in fact, um, I was reminded of that today when I was listening to a, a different podcast. It was actually not even a 4 by 4 podcast. It was something completely unrelated. But mm-hmm. um, if anybody's interested and they want a Whelan sticker, it, the easiest way to get one uh, right now, if you'd like, if you send um, to Keith at thinlineoffroad.com, um, I, I don't know what, it's postage and this and that, send me three bucks. Uh, Keith at thinlineoffroad.com. Send three bucks, and that covers the printing and the postage. We'll send you a wheel and decal. We'll send a couple. Of but I know we got a what a little sticker pack we can send out for that. Yeah, send so, it like PayPal. Yeah. Just do it that way. But uh, anyways, um, back to Cummins engines, John. Yeah. Don't what remember I, where we I, left off? <laughs> <coughs> well, we kind of did a little bit of the company history. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out this interesting note, and uh, then we can take a quick break, kind of re, readjust, come back to that. Because so, we, we haven't even gotten to the B-Series, the 24th album, the 6-7 yet. No, not yet. Okay. Uh, so I'll throw this note out real quick, because this, this starts almost about the time that I come into existence. So Cummins Engines, they've been an option in the Ram Oof. pickups since 1989. Yes. I am circa 1988. So they've been around almost as long as I have in those trucks. Even there, there's... <laughs> um, well, there's some debunked history, but yeah, there's some history there. Excellent. Well, let's get into that. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, get into that in a few minutes. Hey, it sounds like it's time to swap out that old engine for something better, John. Yeah, man, but I have so much into my trans and transfer case set up already. I don't want to change those two. 
Sounds like you need to call Quick Draw Brand Adapters. They specialize in conversion bell housings for nearly all diesel and gasoline engines, including the new 2.8R Cummins. You know, I like weird engines, though. I want something different. Then you definitely need to visit quickdrawbrand.com today. They have those hard-to-find parts. They also have used diesel engines available. You can call them at 513-446-9654. Cool, I'll do that. See what they have. Thanks. Well, apparently Andrew, the producer, uh, we're paying him enough. He was able to hit his two buttons and go back and sit down over there and have his drink and watch us do what we're doing. I can't say you blame him. Would you want to sit there and stare at us talking? Yeah, for an hour? I know. But, um, <laughs> I don't want to do it and I sit across I got, from him. I got the throat under control for a little bit. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So I don't even remember where did i promise that we we're gonna talk about something when came? no we, i didn't really no i just uh we we hadn't gotten into the b series engines yet okay and i had mentioned that they were an option in the uh, ram trucks since about my time 1989 yes yeah a okay, little after me so, so that's widely widely <clears throat> accepted i've been around longer than cummins has been in dodge yes you have ah, sweet it's widely accepted um <laughs> for a couple of years prior um Cummins did testing, or Dodge did testing with the Cummins engine. Mm -hmm. Now, on the books, 1989 is the very first year that you could get a Cummins engine, turbocharged, non-intercooled engine, 12-valve Cummins, the legendary 12-valve. Indeed. In the the square-body Dodge in 1989. There are, like, I started to say prior to the break that there's a little bit of controversy or something like that. Mm-hmm. There have been, and they're disputed, some 87 and 88s with the Cummins engine in them. Really? Yeah, and that have surfaced that people say, oh, well, this was a factory test mule or whatever. Um, the original Cummins engine Dodge, was, and I forgot what number they called it or serial number, mm-hmm. was you know, found a few years ago and restored. Nice. And it has like these weird axle coolers on the Dana 70 rear and hmm. they like diff cover yeah. or something. Okay. Yeah, they'd done some weird things for yeah. testing. But uh you know it's been restored since. Hmm. Um so I guess Without getting into the conspiracy theory of whether or not you could actually, like, if you had money, get a Cummins and a Dodge in 87 or 88, we're going to accept that 89 was the first year. Well, I was going to say, I I actually have a note here about Um, that. Let's hear. Um, And this is kind of the most bold note that I have. For the general public, most visible Cummins product is the 5.9 liter inline six used in the Dodge Ram light duty trucks starting in 1988 and a half. So that would have been the 89 model. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So the build may be from then, but that would have been that model. Okay, fair enough. Um, Now, that was the B-Series Cummins, which prior to being installed in the Dodge trucks was an industrial engine. I think the B-Series goes back to maybe 85 or so. Um, Uh, 84. 84? Yep. Pretty good for... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, engine family intended, multiple applications, on and off highway, light and medium duty trucks. So, exactly. And so, it's got three generations of it since its inception. Why? Um, well, yeah. Why did the B series become so legendary? Do you know? 
Simplicity. Boom. You got it right there. <laughs> yeah. The first series was standard two valves per cylinder. So it was a 12 valve. So, you know, you six cylinder, you had as an inline engine. Mm-hmm. Inline engines are inherently oh, durable. legendary. It doesn't matter if it's gas or diesel. Yeah. An inline six. Point case, yeah, that Mercedes. 300 Ford straight six. Yeah. 230 Chevy straight six. All these inline six cylinder engines, they balance. Um, they're not fighting each other. You know, the pistons aren't fighting each other mm-hmm. internally. So the engines just last hundreds of thousands of miles. Oh, yeah. Just go, go, go. And the 5.9 was that. Now, a couple of things that helped. The 5.9 engine blocks, a lot of them were cast in Mexico where there's a high nickel content. Mm-hmm. And so these engines, you know, for example, I had a 97 Dodge that finally blew the head gasket at like 550,000 miles. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled the head. Do the head gasket, you could still see the cross hatching in the cylinder walls. Oh, yeah. That that 88 block that I have in my Project XJ. Mm-hmm. Did the head swap to just shy of 230,000 miles? Same thing. Factory cross hatch marks on all the cylinder walls. It's beautiful. You you know, you put the combination of a high nickel block with mm-hmm. a straight six design. You got an engine that's going to last forever. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the first series of the Dodge Cummins engine, the B series, which was eighty nine through ninety three, had the rotary pump injection pump engine on them. Right, right, right. I forgot about that part. Now the injection pump—that's <clears throat> what um, puts the fuel into the engine. Yeah, that's it. That's what changed after that. I, I had it as eighty four to ninety eight. But the, yeah, you were right. There was well, the changeover with the pump was in between that. Yeah, with the so the injection pump. Yeah. That was the 6BT. The rotary pump was um, a very durable, simple design, but it was limited as to the amount of fuel that could go through it. Yeah. It was also finicky if you had, say, dirty fuel. Mm. 94 for the 12 valve design. They came out with what they call the P-Pump, P7100 series. Mm-hmm. Do you have notes on that? I did not, other than that they're just the two different styles. Mm. Well, the P-Pump so comes said, out. There, there's a tremendous amount of information available oh, on these so things. so much, so much. P7100 series comes out in 94. Runs through mid-97. Uh, 98 model year, they go over to the V-Pump, or the I, they, they make the computer-controlled injection pump. Yeah. Um, then they go to the 24-valve. Yeah. The 12-valve P-pump engine. Yeah, it was 98.5 to 07. No. Not the 24-valve. No, the the yeah, the 24-valve. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the 12... <coughs> Pardon me. No problem. One, one of the things, I got a quick note for you while you're doing that. Um, this is something that always surprised me, and I was never exposed to this, actually, until I started hanging out with you and learning about these more. During this time, Dodge was the only diesel that did not rely on glow plugs for cold weather starting. Absolutely. Because they were a little heater ribbon unit thing. Yeah, well, they called it grid heater. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I thought it was ribbon for some reason. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, uh, it's essentially an electric stove, a 12-volt electric mm-hmm. stove. The heats up in your intake. 
Yeah, so you're you're preheating the air charge rather than the fuel going into it. So that I, that would seem to me to be more effective than the the glow plugs heating the fuel. Maybe it I'm is. wrong on that. No, no, <laughs> it is a uh, superior design. Yeah, I don't know if Cummins holds a uh, patent to it or not. Yeah, you okay there, buddy? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got a couple more cough drops there if you need them. Yeah, I know. Or if we if we need to take a quick break, it's not a problem. <laughs> we'll continue on. Um, <laughs> the uh, so, anyways, you know, part of the prob- part of the thing that made the twelve valve P pump Cummins engine, which was only like a four year window, mm-hmm. so legendary, was that pretty much any fuel that you push through that mechanically injected engine. Mm-hmm. That Bosch injection, well, yeah, it would burn and it would run on. It's like the old Ford tractors. <laughs> How so? You could put anything in those. I've witnessed people dump paint thinner in them and run them on that mixed with gas, diesel, oil. Diesel tractors? No, it's a gas tractor. Oh. <laughs> it's an inline six gas tractor, and it just, I think, pretty sure it's a six. No, you're, you're talking the old, like, uh, 8Ns Jubilees, and stuff? yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, those are four cylinders. Oh, my mistake. I yeah, we can do a whole episode reason. of those sometimes. I mean, we could. It's off-road related. Sure. <laughs> I've driven them on the road. Man, that wasn't a fun day. Half the half the trailer of hay fell off. <laughs> no good. No, that was a mess. Right on the corner of an intersection, too. Mm. That was a mess. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to tell the story without dying on us here. Okay. I first found out about the P-Pumps, um, I guess the bug-out ability, or is that what you call it? Yeah, like bug-out. bug-out ability? Yeah, bug-out ability. Yes. I had bought an old commercial building, mm-hmm. and there was a big old oil drum in the back full of oil mm-hmm. put on Craigslist. Okay. Guy calls me up, and I put it for free. Guy calls me up, says... You still got that oil drum that's half full of oil? I mm-hmm. said, yeah. He goes, it was like 200 gallons of oil or whatever. He goes, what a while. Yeah. He goes, I'd like to come pick it up. Or it was maybe a 200-gallon tank, and it was like 100 gallons of oil or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, there were. Yeah. He goes, like, come pick it up. Great. I'll be here, blah, 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 day. He shows up. He pulls up. Same year, make, and model. I was driving at the time a 94 Dodge Cummins truck. It's my shop truck. Mm -hmm. Regular cab, eight-foot bed. The only difference between my truck and his truck was the color. Mm -hmm. Mine was gray, he was red. And he pulls up with it. Drops a oil transfer pump into the tank. Promptly starts to pump it into the fuel tank of his truck. (laughs) Nice. And I'm standing there going... What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, what? This is old oil that you don't even know the history of. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. He goes, "Oh, this is how I drive around." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "It'll run on used motor oil." I says, "There's no way." He's, "Oh yeah, it's a pee pump." I says, "Okay." I says, "I understand that it's a pee pump, but you know, you're putting used motor oil in there. Mm-hmm. Or in, in mystery motor or motor oil yeah. at that, you know. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, it'll be fine. So 
He pumps it up, then puts the rest in a container in the back of his truck and takes off. Okay. I go start Googling things. Sure enough, he's right. Nice. So, but I still didn't trust it. <laughs> so, probably four or five months after that, the transmission started to go in my truck. And it, mm-hmm. it was a rusted shop truck at best. I mean, the I cab remember. corners were gone, <laughs> bed was rotted. Yep. I said, well, let's test this theory. And the trans is slipping. It's still working. Yeah. I remember that truck quite well. <laughs> Everything from my shop used motor oil, mm-hmm. trans fluid, power steering fluid, brake fluid. Didn't matter what. Mm-hmm. Got dumped in the dank of that thing. I didn't go to a gas station for four months. I believe it. I remember you and I, we drove down to Monroe in that truck to pick up another Cummins engine. Did and we that, really? Yeah, that particular day you were running on synthetic marine oil. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even remember that. Yeah. It, it, I remember the guy, he had mini trucks. He's showing us all these weird custom mini truck projects that he was doing. Uh, oh. I completely blanked <laughs> out. I mean. Yeah. It, I, I had never seen a truck that small before, and I thought it was like a go-kart or something. He says, no, that's an S10. I'm like, wait. Seriously? What? Yeah. I, I don't remember this day whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I remember we did the fuel mileage calculation. It worked out to like 35 miles to the gallon or something with it. On his mini truck or mine? On yours. Oh. On yours, running on synthetic marine oil. Man. Remember that very well. <laughs> that's funny. I, I blanked out on that. But, yeah, no, I yeah, I remember there. <coughs> I remember the very first time that I took that thing to the station. Mm-hmm. Um, after I started running it off of all the junk around the shop, mm-hmm. it was middle of the winter. It was like five degrees below zero. Ooh. It was really Ooh. cold. I had fired up the old Dodge, and she is just running as rough as can be. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the motor oil that I'm running it on is just really thick. I said, I got to thin this out. Mm-hmm. So I drove it over to my local gas station, pulled it up to a gas pump. <laughs> Pumped in like four gallons of gasoline to thin out the oil. Okay. I had a guy run out to me. He's like, oh, that's a gas pump. That's a gas pump. I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Paid I'm for still my waiting fuel. for that day when I'm at a diesel pump in my Wrangler. Drove down the, drove down the, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> drove down the road, swaying the steering wheel back and forth. Mm-hmm. Got to slosh it around. around. Yep. Within like two miles, just running smooth as could be. Oh, I believe I it. Thinned out the oil with a little bit of gasoline. Yep. I mean, it just—it was amazing the abuse I could put, and that's oh, yeah. one of the reasons that the twelve valve Cummins with the P seventy one hundred bump it's became mechanical. so legendary. It's simple. Yeah. That—that's what I love. I'd love to do an oil conversion someday on that Mercedes. It's the same thing. It's a mechanical fuel pump. It'll do it. Okay. People do that and that waste veggie oil thing. Which I won't do that. No. I do too much to make that work. So, but John, I know you got a lot of notes there, and you know I think I kind of want to let you finish this out with maybe some questions I have. What I'll try. Uh, <laughs> you know the twelve valve um, has this legendary status. Ninety eight, they replaced it with a twenty four valve five nine. Um, you go from there. Uh, well, yeah, they they switched over to that. Uh, the fuel system. I mean, that's that's what it was. It was a Bosch mechanical pump with electronic advance. The It, it went up to 24 valves, so four valves per cylinder now. Runs a little quieter. That, that was the biggest a thing. Yeah. yeah, where was that? 
That's in this one. Wow, I, I miss uh, completely organized a couple of these. That's all right. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, it was noticeably quieter than the previous engines. Uh, this actually runs... So the the 24 valve ran through 2007. And midway through 04, the Cummins 600 was introduced, producing 325 horsepower. And I thought it had... Uh, versus the 305 in the 2003 model. Well, that would be the common riddle design. Okay. Yeah, when they went to the common rail design, that was part of the, um, there was an international, um, I guess, agreement between uh, Fiat Powertrain, Cummins, and um, I forgot who else was in it, but yeah, they developed the common rail engine technology, mm-hmm. which Cummins had some problems with early on. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, the old four newer engines are not as desirable as the older stuff. No, no, you, you get the noise issue with the the twelve, but you get the reliability and legendariness of it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So all all of this it, it boils down to the current rendition of it, the six point seven liter Cummins, which is oh seven to present. Which I think has the highest tow rating or something. Or? Yeah, I did have a note on that, and again, I thought I highlighted it. And John, you failed your homework it. today, man. I ran out of time. You were supposed to do all the talking to, on this episode. <laughs> I never agreed to that. Oh, well, you know. Oh, where was it here? This is actually really bothering me because it was a significant number. I know I got it here. It wasn't it that, I, you know, and I'm just shooting from the hip here. Weren't they the first ones to break um, a thousand foot pounds of torque from the factory? Oh, application? I did have that note. That's my other stack. I think. <coughs> so that is what page? <coughs> yeah. So in 2019, they achieved 1,000 foot pounds of torque. Yes. Oh, it's actually on this page. So paired with the Asian six-speed automatic, which is blasphemy in my book. Uh, the Cummins-powered Ram 3500 towing capacity. You want to take a stab what this is? The towing capacity? Yeah. 32.5. Excess of 31,000 pounds. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's 400 horsepower, 1,000 foot-pounds of torque, best-in-class towing, and all of this unmatched fuel economy and a class-leading 15,000-mile oil change interval. Okay. That's nuts. I mean, I'm going to change it at least. I wouldn't go past 10. Yeah. I mean, I've been lazy and gone a little longer, but in all fairness, I leak oil, so it kind of... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you leave yeah. your... Yeah, you leave your... Yeah, I leave a mark everywhere I go. Yeah. So, yeah, a, a tremendous amount of information, to say the least. I mean, these guys, they've been around a long time. You know, that, that website, again, like I said, if you want to look at more details on the Cummins timeline, its origination, development up to where we are now... It's Cummins.com, no G, slash timeline. And there's all kinds of breakdowns you can go through, you know, different things about all these different applications for it, all kinds of stuff you can get into it. I mean, it's absolutely insane. You know, folks, I apologize for as sick as I am. <laughs> I, I have a lot of other great things I'd like to talk about Cummins, and we can do them in future episodes. Oh, I'm sure we'll have um, a lot more about it. <laughs> we but, didn't even touch on the 4BT. I think that needs Which to be is, maybe a separate episode. Yeah, it's yeah. the 6BT, but two-thirds. <laughs> yeah, you removed two cylinders. 
Yeah. Let's let's stop it there, John. Um, unless you got something else you want to talk about. No, but, I mean um, we we I know we kind of hurried at the end there, but if we didn't, uh, we'd be here until next week going over all this stuff. So I want to wish a happy hundred and one birthday to Cummins. Absolutely. And, cheers to uh, you, folks. Yeah. Cheers to you. Oh, there you go. Cheers to the Cummins. Absolutely. And uh, you know, here's to a hundred more. Yeah, hundred more. <laughs> hundred more. Hopefully, you guys are uh, powering the flying cars of the future. Yeah, it'd be cool. Actually, I had one. Oh my God, quick are you going to tell me they powered a flying car? No, not flying. Oh. But uh, where'd it go? The Cummins Eros. They had an electric powered conventional truck. What? <laughs> they, they made uh, it's an electric powered semi truck tractor unit. Okay, when was Designed this? by Cummins. I actually didn't write the year down. I oh. forgot. Uh, research, <laughs> folks. Go check it out. Yeah, all, it's all all that information is readily available out there. Check it out, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything else, Keith. If not, I'm good, buddy. Well, thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody.